Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Welcome to week 12, everybody. It is Monday, June 11th. I am Adam Azer. I got Scott White and Heath Cummings here. And you know, sometimes we start a show and say, eh, there weren't that many guys to pick up over the weekend. Not today. Oh, there was really a lot going on, especially in the bullpens around baseball. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Heath, you always had a great weekend, right? I I had a phenomenal weekend. Went to a uh, wedding reception that had an open bar, so great time. Always, you weren't there for the actual ceremony. You just show up for the party afterwards. I wasn't invited to the ceremony, which is the best, (laughs) the very, very best type of wedding invite you can get. Oh yeah, because you were invited to this reception. Yes, pool top or a rooftop pool reception. With an uh, open bar. How did you pull that off? No invite to the to the boring part, just the fun part. That's and an open yeah. bar. Good for it you. Pretty awesome, really. Just living the life. <laughs> Scott, how about you? Great weekend. Uh, sure, it was fine. Okay, good. Good. I agree. Thank you guys for asking. Mine was great. Let's start with a must-add hitter, a must-add must-add starting pitcher, and a must-add reliever. Heath, give me a must-add hitter right now. How is Carlos Rodon 62% What did you just I, hear me say? I know you love Carlos Rodon. I said hitter. I said hitter. I don't care. Carlos <laughs> Rodon is the must-add player, period. Okay, fine. He's 61 There's no hitter that's more owned. important than him. There's no pitcher that's more important than him. He's 62% owned. He's a former top 20 prospect that's still just 25 years old, and like people act like Carlos Rodon has been bad in the major leagues. Like, well, he's thrown 380 innings with an above average ERA and more than a strikeout per inning. Yeah, what's this that guy, whip though? That whip. He's never had a whip below one three seven. ERA matters. Yeah, Adam. But so does whip. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, agree. He's kind of where Blake Snell was toward the end of last year. Like. He was Blake Snell and Sean Newcomb before Blake Snell and Sean Newcomb. This was a really good start for him. Now, look, no no Mookie Betts. The Red Sox have been hitting a little worse lately. They lost three out of four to the Tigers and White Sox, but he gave up two earned runs with two walks, seven strikeouts. This is really the walks I wanted to see at Boston on Saturday. And Rodon is 61 or 62% owned. So, yeah, look, I, I would have added him, but I'm in a bunch of leagues with Heath, and Heath has, has Carlos Rodon everywhere. Um, are you going to start him this week? I believe they are, they're either at or they're home against Cleveland, which is another I'm tough I'm starting him. Fire him up. All right. All right. One start against Cleveland. At Fire coming him off, up. Coming off kind of a shaky start first time. It was good. I don't know. I'd, I'd, uh, I like him more as a stash. I think he needs to be owned too, but I don't think we're up to the point of starting him in a one start week yet. All right. That's Carlos Rodon. So Scott, how about you? I'll, I'll stick with pitchers. Give me oh, a, well, a must add pitcher. I was just looking at hitters, Adam, because uh, I was trying to follow your rules. Okay, that's that's fine. You can be a hitter. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a hitter. All right. Well, first of all, I'm close to that point with Max Muncy. It's in those smaller lineup leagues, the standard head-to-head format with just the four infielders, three outfielders. Um, I saying he's must add might be stretching it a little bit, though. We're we're close to that point. Uh, Brandon Crawford, the fact he's still 20% available as a shortstop with what he's doing, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Like, I don't know how every, like, 12 team, maybe even a 10 team league, I imagine somebody's gotta have a spot for him. But you know why. I mean, this guy has not been a good hitter. And actually, I thought that was sort of a theme of the weekend. Uh, well, two, three years ago, he was considered. Oh, great! Yeah, great! <laughs> two, three years ago. But isn't the point kind of that, like, he has been amazing, very, very good, and should be owned in most leagues, but he's not, like, we say somebody's got a spot for him in a, a 10-team league. He's not a top 10 shortstop. No, that's what amazed me. He's Brandon Crawford is batting three thirty eight with eight home runs this year. He's the 17th best shortstop in points. He's 11th in Roto. So Crawford was terrible in... You know, late, you know, March, whatever, and, and then April, but his last 31 games, he's batting 439 with six home yeah. runs and 16 doubles, 
But but just to give the broader point that I was going to make, it's like the guys that you should really be adding right now, a lot of them don't have a good track record or, you know, have a, have a bad track record. I would say that Brandon Crawford has a bad track record as a hitter. Um, I would say that Max Muncie has a bad track record as a hitter, and he had Cer- what? Yeah, he's, he certainly does. Right? I mean, it's very surprising. I would say Hector Rondon actually was has a better track record than I thought as a reliever because he's got to be one of the – there are a lot of relievers to add right now, but Rondon's definitely one of them. Um, it's tough. It's like buying into small samples – but you got to do it. I mean, that's kind of how you play fantasy baseball. You got to add and drop. As long as you're not dropping, you know, great players, you got to be flexible with your roster. Get these guys on your team. Yeah. And so I have a segment called "Are They Good?" and Max Muncie and Brandon Crawford were the headliners of "Are They Good?" So are they good? or Are they just good for now? What do you think? Uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, Crawford's BABIP is obviously high. He's hitting .338, so it would almost have to be. Um, but his line drive rate is. You know, league leader like his hard contact percentages as high as it's been in his career. It's always hard to know whether that's a cause or an effect. Like, does this mean he's a different, better hitter, or he's been hot? So of course his hard contact percentage is higher. Um, I think that I, I think that could go either way, but like he's he's right around that range for me. Uh, like if you lost Andrelton Simmons, he's on the DL. Uh, maybe that Jan Hervis Solarte group. Uh, even like, uh, even like Glaber Torres, I don't think Brandon Crawford's too far behind him right now. So, uh, I, I'm not for sure saying he's good, but I, I could see him being somebody who remains relevant all year. Are you saying that Crawford's not that far behind Torres because of the plate appearances? Torres doesn't really get the. Fantasy point totals because he bats ninth. I don't. I mean, Glaber Torres hasn't done much but hit home runs at, to this point. I mean, the the plate discipline's been pretty poor. I, I just think he's highly unproven still. I'd rather have Torres for the upside, but okay. I could see it. I could see him going south. You know, I, I could see that being an outcome for him too. Heath, who's the must-add relief pitcher? I don't really think. There is a must-add relief pitcher. If we're talking about a league where saves are really scarce, then yeah, you go, you go add Hector Rundown. I Like the quote, the first quote that I see when I'm looking for quotes about Hector Rundown is AJ Hinch saying, "Moving forward, we'll see where it is. I think Kenny is going to get a, more opportunities. Rundown might get a few opportunities. I just wanted to get the outs." Yeah, like, I, I I read one other thing. Uh, the Houston Chronicle, and let me just read that because I actually think there are a lot of relievers that are, are worth adding right now. Uh, but this is what the Houston Chronicle said: with Hector Rondon effectively the Astros' closer uh, or the Astros' new closer, whether Hinch wants to announce that role publicly or not, and then dot dot dot. But of course, the same thing occurred to me. I mean, they've been pretty fluid with the ninth inning. Yeah, um, I think he I, actually said we may set a record for the number of pitchers who close games this season. Oh, great. Thanks, that's AJ. That would be a great record to set. I, I think it's pretty clear that for the time being, Soria is back as the closer of the White Sox. I would probably wager that he gets more saves the rest of the year than Rondon does. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about Blake Parker? Blake Parker's like 58% owned or something. Is he? Then he's the must-own. Yeah, he's got to be the top of that group. Yeah. Okay, Parker keeps getting saves for the Angels. Uh Jordan Hicks, Bud Norris. So Bud Norris, I think there was a there was a rain delay and then he came back out. Something happened, it interrupted his uh routine and then he got crushed on Friday, but he's been struggling and Jordan Hicks is really starting to pitch very well. Finally putting that 100 mile per hour fastball to good use. There's him. I think Ryan Tapera looks like the closer for the Blue Jays. Um yeah. I think, I think Tapera looks like the closer for the Blue Jays. I, um, I'm questioning the Jordan Hicks thing just a little bit. I mean, he has, his last four outings have been better. Five of his last six have been good. Um, strikeouts are the, finally there. They're, they're finally there over this short stretch. Right. I'm, I'd like to see it a little bit longer before I say he's, cause I mean, it was amazing how bad he actually was. He got had good results. But 
man, he wasn't making anybody miss. Okay. So Blake Parker, I guess, is the guy. Would you drop Ken Giles for Blake Parker? I would not. I don't. <sighs> I don't think I would, but I I can't. I don't own any Ken Giles. Uh, I own a lot of Ken Giles. I'm not dropping him yet, but I'll give you a stat. According to Baseball Reference, Ken Giles has not allowed one run in a save situation. All of his struggles have been in non-save situations. So yeah, let's just move him to non-save situations. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. He, when he's had the lead in the ninth inning, he's locked it down. Yeah. All right. So let, let's play Are They Good? And we can eliminate some of the guys from this list. I had four hitters. I had uh, four pitchers, I think. Brandon Crawford, Max Muncy. How about Leonis Martin? He's 38% owned. Last 17 games, Martin is batting 281 uh, with a 924 OPS with three steals in his last three games. Uh, so is Leonis Martin good? No. I think he's better than we've seen him in the majors before. And I think he's usable. But I don't think he's going to be a fixture in your lineup. How about Ian Kinsler? He's the number one second baseman in fantasy over the last 14 days. Kinsler is 71% owned. Is Ian Kinsler good? <laughs> I don't buy that he's, he's like just fine and he's just had bad luck for a year and a half. But I do think that he's back to the point to where he's good enough that he should be started in the league with a middle infielder. Kinsler, all right, 71%. I mean, I, I, I still think you underestimate just how relevant he was last year. He was a 22-homer, 14-steal second baseman. He scored 90 runs. Um, well, okay, he was bad and had those counting stats, but, like, yeah, he had a 725 OPS. He averaged, like, three fantasy points per game. Yeah, but but in yeah, fantasy which points are which different. Which isn't good. Because well, no, it's it's pretty good for a middle hit. But fantasy points are different good. because he I he, think Francisco Lindor averaged like 315, so All right, all right, listen. So so you know, you always have to say with a guy like Kinsler when you cite his fantasy points per game, he had great plate discipline. So that obviously that makes him valuable in a points league. Does it do much for you in Roto when he batted 236 last year? I mean, you'd rather him hit for a higher average, sure, but like Again, he had 90 steals and 22, I mean, 90 runs and 22 home runs, 14 steals, like. Yeah, it's not bad. It's had, not bad. He had 52 um, RBI. He crushed you in two categories at least. I don't like. And he's a lead I, I guess there. it depends what the standard for good is. He probably needs to be owned in more leagues than he is. What's his ownership right now? You have that available? 71%. Ian Kinsley. Yeah, he probably needs to be owned in more than that. But is he a top 12 second baseman? No. Alright, these pitchers. Are they good? Ronaldo Lopez. Boy, this is confusing. In his last seven starts, four of them, he's gone seven and a third or more, two or fewer earned runs. And then on Sunday, or, yeah, Sunday, six and a third, one earned run at Boston. And he's had two absolutely terrible starts in those stretches. Is Ronaldo Lopez good? He's 53% out. No, he's not he's good. Not good. He's, he's not, not good. Not good yet. I am... I still think there is a chance that he is good. I he pitch he has good starts. This one at Boston was a good start. Some of these that have had good results haven't actually been good starts. Like he goes seven innings against the Tigers and strikes out three and walks three. That that wasn't good, even though he only gave up two runs. But he has just sprinkled in these starts that make you wonder. Ten strikeouts at Oakland. Eight strikeouts. Is that the only one with a big strikeout? Like, his strikeout rate is bad. His walk rate is bad. He's a fly ball pitcher who who pitches in a hitter's park who has somehow not given up many home runs this year. He's got like, four or five really good starts. He's got a I great like, fastball. We, we should, he throws really, really hard, Ronaldo Lopez. And he's he's been getting by with that fastball. I don't know how good the secondary pitches is. I've been watching him the last couple starts. But that fastball is damn good. And we haven't mentioned that. But he's got to be one of the hardest throwers among starting pitchers in the American League. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that. I, I kind of assumed that's why people thought he would be good in the first place. But maybe it shouldn't go without saying. So that's a fair point. Um, but he hasn't done anything well. Like, I feel like unless he figures out a swing and miss secondary pitch here in the next however long, like, it's all going to come crashing down. 
All right. Well, I I totally think if you just look at the season-long numbers and what he has done, I agree with that completely. It's just if there weren't these starts that are just really enticing. What was what was his second highest single game strikeout total? Uh, he had eight strikeouts against the Rangers and eight shutout innings. Yeah, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, but those are the only two. Well, he's had three with as many strikeouts as innings. Guys, I'd like to move on from uh, Ronaldo Lopez, if you wouldn't mind. We could compare him to other pitchers later. Is Frankie Montas good? I don't, I don't think he's good. No. It, for a lot of the same reasons, I don't think Ronaldo Lopez is good. But obviously the results through three starts have been very good. And he's another guy with a great fastball. Yeah. Uh, is Clayton Richard good? Keeps going seven innings. I'm starting to think he might be because he's always been an elite ground ball pitcher. Um, and this year he's been throwing his best swing and miss, miss pitch more, the slider. He's been throwing it 25, about 25% of the time. I think it's about 15 is what he used to do it. And his strikeout rate's better. I mean, it's still not a great strikeout rate, but for somebody who's an extreme ground ball pitcher, it, it seemed like it might put him in that, like, Marcus Stroman cast class of results when, you know, when Marcus Stroman has been good. I understand Stroman was terrible when he was off the DL this year. Uh, but I think Clayton Richard could be kind of that Stroman-like pitcher um, based on the results he's shown this year. I, I think he's an end-of-the-bench guy that you will start dependent on matchups and nothing more. And usually has a really high whip because he gives up so many ground balls. They get through, gives up a lot of hits, Clayton Richard. Dylan Covey, is Dylan Covey good? No. Like, he's, I don't think he's good. But I don't want to just dismiss him outright because he has that crazy high ground ball rate too. Okay, so how would you rank? I didn't realize that about him before this year. <laughs> how would you rank Ronaldo Lopez, Frankie Montas, Clayton Richard, and Dylan Covey? I mean, I have to go Lopez first. Yep. Then Richard. Yeah, then I go Richard, then Montas, then Kobe. I agreed completely. Lopez, Richard, Montas, Kobe. All right. Well, uh, those are some of the pitchers that are on people's minds. We'll take a look at the most added list in a moment. Now, if you need to add someone to your company, why don't you use ZipRecruiter? Because the stat of the day, 80% of employers who use ZipRecruiter find a qualified candidate for their job within 24 hours. Within just one day, 80% of employers get a quality candidate. That's an outstanding stat. Look, every business needs great people, just like every fantasy team needs great players. So you've got us for fantasy. You've got ZipRecruiter for your company. And the URL to use if you want to try it for free is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike to try it for free. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your to your job. So the reason why ZipRecruiter is better than any other site you might use is it goes out and it finds people for you. And it doesn't stop by just finding people. They spotlight the strongest applications you receive, and you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. So big business, small business, medium-sized business, it does not matter. Use ZipRecruiter, and our listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. All right, one more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Get on there, people. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, any interesting ad drops for you fellas that we have not talked about? I added Ryan Yarbrough. In a couple of leagues, he is a uh, sneaky two-start pitcher this week. Start in quotation marks. Well, one of them is going to be an actual start, it sounds like, today. And maybe yep. if it goes really well, they say, hey, let's stop doing that with him. Maybe. Um, but <laughs> regardless, space, he, they he's just going to doing it with everyone. I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but he's going to throw five-plus innings in two games. So he will possibly accumulate fantasy points in that way. Right, yeah, I well. added Dominic Smith. Oh yes, he's he get got called up as Adrian Gonzalez's Audi. So yeah, in what kind of league did you add Dominic Smith for the Mets? It was a fourteen team points league where I have Edwin Encarnacion and I had no other first base eligible players. And I just wanted a little bit of safety in case we get some bad news today. Okay. Encarnacion sat yesterday. It was it was you know, it was presented as no big deal. 
but we'll see. Anything else, Heath, or you good? I dropped Michael I'm, Conforto. I just wanted to say that. It's, he might get demoted, I, apparently. And I yeah. Sp- speaking of Michael Conforto, well, I add, added Randall Gritchick. <laughs> you love Randall Gritchick. I mean, he's been pretty hot since coming off the DL. Gritchick has. Changed uh, his batting stance. There you go. But, uh, you know, that, your, your Michael Conforto point, Adam, who I probably should have said was the must-add hitter was Brandon Nemo. Because over the weekend, Mickey Calloway announced that Brandon Nemo will be an everyday player even after Johannes Cespedes returns. And there are rumblings they could potentially demote Michael Conforto. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Nemo looks like as he should be. I mean, he's been their best outfielder this year. Great on-base guy who's added some power this year. He looks like he's here to stay, and he's obviously been productive for fantasy purposes. Would you rather have Brandon Nimmo or Jorge Soler? I would rather have Nimmo. I think I'll still say Soler, but it's really, really close. Okay. Um, would you rather have Brandon Nimmo or David Peralta? Nimmo. Nimmo. Are we at Nimmo ahead of Austin Meadows now? Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, the playing time seems more assured there. And I'm assuming we'd rather have Nimmo than Jack Peterson? Yep. Oh, beautiful. So I'm going to go ahead and make that ad drop right now. Thank you very much. Uh, adding Nimmo, dropping Jack Peterson. Um, yeah, so Conforto was my big drop, and uh, for, for me it was a lot of bullpen stuff, and uh, there might be some more bullpen stuff to get to. Let's take a look at the most added list and who the people are adding. They are adding a two-start... Stephen Wright, a two-start Stephen Wright, a, a comedian that I thought was funny back in the day, but I, I think I think now I know he's not that funny. Like wow, yeah, I don't think his stuff translates anymore. But he's at Baltimore and at Seattle. Baltimore is so bad against righties. Remember, I said I asked you should you stream Marco Estrada over the weekend, and you and Chris Scott and Chris were like, Psh, no, you stupid moron. And I was like, they're really bad against righties. And Estrada, I didn't stream him. Don't worry. Uh, Estrada was great. So Stephen Wright, that's uh, his matchup tonight at Baltimore. Uh, he's the most added player. Uh, others on the most added list, Clay Buckholtz. So, yeah, we've been sort of throwing up the cautionary flag there for Buckholtz, but he's got Pittsburgh and the Mets at home this week. Those are not bad matchups. Who would you rather stream, Stephen Wright or Clay Buckholtz? Right. I didn't have either on the right side of the threshold in the two-star pitcher rankings this week, though. It's it's just it's just going on too little information. I feel like I, how I much, really what are their didn't... ownerships? I, I understand they were added a lot, but what are their ownerships up to? So Stephen Wright is fifty-three percent owned, and Ooh. Clay Buckholtz uh, is seventy-three percent owned. I did not take Scott for a slots player. What do you mean, Stephen Wright? Not, at this stage especially, Stephen Wright is a random number generator. Uh, <laughs> okay, he yeah. could give you two starts where he goes seven plus and allows two runs over the entire week. He might give up eight runs in the first tonight. Why do you feel like he's that has that much downside? I think that most, well, his career. most. Well, I mean, he was an all-star two years ago. Yeah, and then he had two months of giving up five-plus runs a start. And that was the only time he's ever been kind of good. I I don't think, with that pitch in particular, unless you are really at the very top of your game, you know what you have each and every day. It did seem, I I did, I do feel like there were some weather issues and some, like, grip issues. There were, yeah, it was weird. That afflicted him when things went wrong two years ago, which, I mean, doesn't necessarily... Or for his entire career, except for two months. Well... Three months. I mean, he was hurt a lot of last year. I don't don't think it's fair to assess him on that. His long relief appearances before his start, whatever. I agree it's too little to go on. I said he was below the threshold. I don't know why you're putting me on the defensive here. I don't know why you're on the defensive. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm going to go on offense. Sam Gavilio is third on the most added list. Gavilio is 33% owned, and Stroman is starting to throw, but Gavilio has, is at Tampa Bay and home against Washington this week. He's been pretty good. Uh, so how would he rank with Buckholz and Wright? He would rank below them both. I, yeah, I might, I, to be clear, I, I would 
anybody I say something positive about in this section, I probably don't like. I'd rather start Yarbrough than any of those guys. Any of these guys. Yeah. I, um, but I think I'd start. I think I'd start Gavilio over over Buck Holton Wright. This is really a week for me. I'm I'm totally fine having nothing but one star pitchers. We we yeah. talked about it on Friday. It's not a great week for two star streamers. And Scott also mentioned that I think that what five teams have five games this week. Yep. So yep. not it's, a lot of two star yeah. pitchers. Yeah, there are only 34 two-star pitchers if you count the two Rays who won't technically be making two starts, which is, I mean, it's worth mentioning because they can't get a quality start, obviously, in leagues where that matters. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I, like, most, I think most fantasy owners, if you have a good enough team that you're still paying attention at this point, you probably have five pitchers who you feel comfortable starting in a one-start week if it if it comes to that, you don't need yep. to bend over backwards to add these uh, these guys who are going to give you heart palpitations. Hector Rondon, Max Muncy, Chuck Peterson, Blake Parker, Frankie Montas, they are next on the most added list. I'm just going to give you a few more names, and you tell me who you'd be most interested in adding. Derek Dietrich, Brian Anderson, Jerickson Profar, Jake Bowers. Derek Dietrich, Brian Anderson, Jerickson Profire, Jake Bowers. They're all deeper league guys. Uh, I actually have Anderson and Dietrich in the top ten sleeper hitters this week. They've both been oh. hot. They and Marlins are one of the few teams with seven games, and they have good matchups. So they're usable, but I see them both as streamer options. They're not they're not guys you're gonna want to keep around all season. I'll say Bowers, and if Chris was here, it would be, he'd make fun of me because it's mostly just because he hasn't failed as much as these other guys have in other ways. I did add him in a 15-team Roto League. It's just a speculative hope. I don't want to start any of these guys. All righty. Let's move on and talk about uh, some prospects. We got some news to get to. We got a lot of pitchers on the DL. It was a really, really busy weekend. We got some buy low and sell high to get to. Uh, double dunk. Paul Goldschmidt hit four home runs. We haven't even mentioned Paul Goldschmidt, guys. He hit four home runs. They were at Coors Field. Do you... Yep. Uh, yeah, it's like the good news is he hit four home runs. The bad news is they were at Coors Field. What does it mean to you? Well, here's the thing. Like, it wasn't just he, – he got hot before going to Coors Field. He got hot at San Francisco, which is obviously – could it be further away from what Coors Field is in terms of hitter friendliness? It is five straight multi-hit games. He's 15 for 22 during that stretch with the four home runs you mentioned, also six doubles and two triples – and a triple in a five-game span. Uh, and suddenly his season-long OPS is up to 873. So, uh, I wish, like, I'd feel, I'd feel a little better about it if the four home runs didn't come at Coors Field, but I think there's enough here, and there was enough even before this happened to believe he was going to bounce back. I think it's happening. All right, Paul Goldschmidt, good job. And, um, I just want to say a controversial statement that we may or may good. not get to today, but I'm just going to throw it out there for fun. You know who sucks? Chris who Bryant. Sucks? Chris Bryant sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't suck, but he is a fantasy disappointment with eight home runs. It is ridiculous. I think it's 22 games in a row without a home run for leadoff hitter Chris Bryant, although he was back batting third on Sunday. Looking forward to talking I, to that. He still has a higher OPS than Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, well... If you if you draft if they were your first two picks, you have a bad team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you're yeah, done. No, you're I, not I mean, I I have a, I'm in a league where uh, Correa and Bryant were my first two picks, and I am not doing so hot in that. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fair to say he's been a fantasy disappointment after a year where he already disappointed in home runs. Right. Like it. Like he's he's a good player. Yeah. In real life, I, I mean, he I think he was what fourth in NL MVP voting last year. He's a great player. Great but defender. it seems like he's sacrificed power for other things in a way that hurts his fantasy value. Yeah, start striking out a little bit more if, if, if you have to, Chris Bryant. Just hit the ball out of the park. All right, some more bullpen notes real quick here. Um, Jared Hughes got a two-inning save for the Cincinnati Reds. Iglesias struggled on Friday. I don't think there, there's nothing there, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Chaz Rowe got a save for the Rays. But we cannot sit here and say he's his, their closer, right? Although he has had eight consecutive scoreless appearances. I believe that's now four different pitchers that have gotten a save for the Rays, and no one has gotten two. I know Terry Frank. That's great, by the way. Terry Francona did 
did not want to go to Cody Allen on Saturday, but he had to in extra innings, and Allen got roughed up. They're not making a change there. Hunter Strickland got a save on Sunday. Mark Melanson pitched the sixth, so Strickland's still a closer. Tommy Hunter got a save. He got a one-out save for the Phillies. Luis Garcia got two outs to start the ninth. Also gave up two hits. So the only thing I can say is that it, it does not appear that it's Sir Anthony Dominguez uh, as the closer. Like they, you like to they're, use him for multiple innings. Well, they're using him as their best pitcher. Yeah. Right. So I think if like the meat of the order was coming up in the eighth, they may have brought him in in the eighth and then pitched the ninth as well. But in this case, he went seventh and eighth. I think he didn't he get their last two saves prior to yesterday. Ah, uh, I didn't uh, think so. In a way that he's talking about, like pitching two innings. Oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, maybe he'll get some saves, but he's not. Go- but Dominguez is not going to be used conventionally as a closer. It seems we they will not have that. a conventional no. closer. No, and I. But I don't think Neris is either. No, anymore. no. Uh, I think it's. I think right now they're they're working with the true committee and. As stubborn as Kapler's been about other things, they may actually stick with it in a way we don't, we haven't historically seen managers do. And Shane Green struggled on Friday, but got the save or pitched, he got the win, I think. I don't know. He pitched fine on, on, uh, Saturday. But Joe Jimenez, I don't know if they trade Shane Green or something. Maybe Joe Jimenez in deeper leagues is somebody to look at. All right. The big news. Masahiro Tanaka will miss several weeks with tightness in both hamstrings. He could return before the all-star break. Uh, stop, you know what? If you don't want to get rid of the DH, like, or if you don't want to, if you want to institute, if you do not want to institute the DH in the National League, I mean, personally, I, I think there should be one. Can we at least have the DH when AL teams play in NL parks? Is that so hard? <laughs> yeah, I think that would not be okay because the NL teams then would have one fewer hitter than the AL teams. Let them call someone up. I don't care, but these hitters, these pitchers are going to get hurt. They keep it's, uh, it's stupid. He got hurt. Yeah, everybody, the everybody should have the DH. It's the better way to play baseball. Uh, yeah, thank you. I don't know that's the better way to play baseball, but I think it's eventually going to happen. I hope. Uh, Shohei Otani is out at least three weeks with a sprained ligament in his elbow, and he he could need Tommy John surgery. We're gonna have to keep an eye on it. He's and not I think the, the, the three, like don't expect that he's coming back in three weeks. Right. I, right. Everything I've read is it sounds like they're gonna check in in three weeks. I don't imagine we see him bat sooner than six. So you buy into J-Hap, and he has these terrible starts, or one mm-hmm. terrible start. You, right. you say yep. Otani is a buy-low. You just stop, please. I'm trying to think of who, like, I, which Yankee. No, don't. that's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, Steven Strasburg is on the DL with shoulder inflammation. There's no structural damage. I had a feeling I'd be saying those words at some point this year. Jerry's Familia is on the DL. Anthony Swarzak got a save last night, but Familia could be back pretty soon. Maybe even this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, alright, prospect stuff. Vladimir Guerrero like, Jr. Do, yeah, go do ahead. Do we so- need to get into the Otani thing anymore? Cause this is a really, I mean, it, he's not just gonna miss three weeks, right? Oh, not, no, no, definitely not. Oh, I, I would, like if I had to wager all the money that I own, and I had to pick one number for how many more starts does he make, it would be zero. Yeah. Do, do they use him yeah. as a hitter? That's, I mean, that's something I thought of. I, I don't think they do. Cause if he, if he makes zero starts, you're probably talking Tommy John surgery. It's happened. Which means you're not seeing him next year either. Uh, well, you, you could see him as a hitter as next year. As a hitter. Yeah. Uh, and you could see him as a pitcher later in the year. But, that really um, sucks. But that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Obviously, the, the, the fact that he's a two-way player adds new wrinkles to this because he doesn't necessarily have to be healthy enough to pitch to be healthy enough to play. And if he's hitting, presumably it'll be in a more, closer to full time. And maybe he becomes fantasy relevant in that way. I, 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 obviously you have to hold on to him until there's more word here, but it's, it's very bad news. Yeah. Last year, Glaber Torres, had Tommy John surgery similar time of year. It was mid-June when he got hurt, and he was obviously yeah. ready by spring training. So it, it seems like hitters only need about six to eight months to come back from that when pitchers are more like 12 to 18 months. Yeah. And he's not having the surgery right now. He's waiting three weeks to get checked. Like it's going to be July at the earliest when he has it. I. Yeah. No, it stinks. It stinks, man. I mean... It's a good thing that he's on a bargain contract, but he had the the elbow injury. Well, a good, not a good thing for him. No, it's a good thing for the Angels. You're right. It's not a good thing for him. It sucks. 
has he done much as a hitter since the beginning of the year? I feel like um, he really hasn't. Uh, he's been he's been fine, I guess. Yeah, he's been. I I don't recall a time when he's been struggling. No, because he hits so infrequently. You know, it's kind of hard to track. All right. Anyway, let's get back to the news. Uh, you know, before we get back to the news, though, uh, I hope everybody's been playing on the draft app. I've been playing on the draft app. If you follow me, you know I've been playing on the draft app because I'm posting drafts almost every day, and you can compete against me. So here's what you do: you go to your app store, or you go to and you just search for draft. It'll come up, or you go to draft.com. And use the promo code FB today. When you use the code FB today, you get free entry. We like free things into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. Again, you have to use the code FB today. Draft is daily fantasy. You can play as much as you want every single day. You get a new team every time. And it's not like the other contests where you have to worry about what the other owners have. You're the only guy or girl who's going to have that particular player because you're doing a snake draft. We love snake drafts. They're super fun. You're only drafting five positions, a pitcher, two infielders, two outfielders. You can play on expert mode and take away some of the best players. There are a lot of different ways you can do this. There are also a lot of different sports offered. But if you just want to play some more fantasy baseball and you want to do some more drafts, get on the draft app right now and use the code FB today. You can compete against me. You can compete against other listeners. And you can win some money. FB today is the promo code on the Draft app or on Draft.com. All right, uh, Vladimir Guerrero is out at least four weeks with a knee injury. I think they're going to reevaluate him in four weeks. So do we need to stash him, or can we drop Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Uh, I, I mean, you could probably drop him, particularly if you're talking about a head-to-head lineup where you're going to have trouble fitting him in anyway. I, I had, my initial thought was, okay, Aloy Jimenez becomes the top prospect to stash now, but... I mean, are we going to see him in a month? I would still bet against that, and I still think Vladimir Guerrero is the better prospect. So I, I don't know. I still think Guerrero is probably at the top of that list, but he doesn't need to be 80% owned anymore. The Pirates sent Nick Kingham to AAA as Ivan Nova's off the DL. The Mets released Adrian Gonzalez and called up Dominic Smith. Willie Adamas is expected to be recalled very soon, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Willie Adamas, hope you stashed him. And then a much lesser prospect, but a guy who's playing first base for the Angels, Jose Miguel Fernandez, guys. Heath, any interest in Jose Miguel Fernandez? I don't believe so. Okay. Starter sit for this week based on some injury news. Are we starting Noah Syndergaard? We are not. We are not. No, No. too risky. Yeah, I think we made the Sorry, I was just looking up Jose Miguel Fernandez. No problem. No, he's off to a good start. I think he's like 4 for uh, 10. And he had great numbers at AAA. 30-year-old Cuban defector. So, uh, like, he had more than walks and strikeouts at AAA, 10 homers and 203 at-bats. I'm not totally disinterested, but it's it's obviously, it's it's more of a scouting team situation than a, let's rush and pick him up. All right, that's Jose Miguel Fernandez. Uh, Walker Bueller has bruised ribs, no timetable for his return, so don't start him. Rich Hill could be back this weekend, but heaven help you if you start Rich Hill. Uh, Chris Archer's gonna pitch a simulated game on Tuesday, and then he could return after that, but I, I don't think that means he could even start. I mean, I guess Sunday's a possibility, but no, we're not starting Chris Archer. Um, Zach Britton is expected to return today, so you could use him. The, or, the Orioles will probably win 20 games this rest of the season. Are we starting Mike Soroka against the Mets this week? Not starting him, but I noticed he was available in a lot of my leagues this weekend, and I made a point to correct that. Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka. Carlos Correa and Justin Turner are both expected to return on Tuesday. I have them both in the same league. Should I start them? Correa start and Turner. Both. Start them both? All right. Yeah, I think so. I will do it. Thank you, Heath. Yep. And Scott. Uh, Kenta Maeda could be back on Wednesday. Starter sit Maeda. No. I'd rather sit him. Give him a chance to prove his health. Eric Thames could be back today. Starter Sid Thames. Sid, I don't know how that playing time situation is going to shake out with Jose or Jesus Aguilar, obviously, crushing the ball. Uh, starter Sid Adrian Beltre. Scott, I think you talked about him in a video I saw. He might not play a lot yeah. this week. Yeah, because three of their five games are in the NL, and he's been playing a lot of DH since coming off the DL. So... Not saying he won't play third base in any of those games, but I would be shocked if he played it in all three. 
Uh, Ned Yost said that's Adrian Beltre, by the way. Ned Yost said Jorge Soler will probably start on Tuesday, so you could start him if you want. Other news and notes. All right, if you really want to be speculative, although in a league that deep, I'm sure Delon Batances is probably owned. But Aroldis Chapman has been dealing with knee tendonitis for several weeks. So I'm not projecting he goes on the DL. He's pitching great, but Chapman's got a knee issue. Carlos Martinez has been holding back so he doesn't re-injure his lat. <laughs> How about that? He's throwing a little bit softer than he was before he went on the DL. He's pitching. He, y'all, y'all playing scared, Carlos Martinez. That's yeah, I mean, if that's the way he feels, they probably just need to put him back on the DL. Well, are, do you that, feel comfortable starting Carlos Martinez? That tentative. Martinez has the Cubs this week. I'm not comfortable. No. Okay. No. Um, and obviously having major control issues too. Yeah. Uh, Yoenis Cespedes had a quad issue during his rehab assignment, so there's no timetable for him. As Drupal Cabrera left with hamstring tightness, not sure of the severity there. That was last night. Elvis Andrews on track to return on June 18th, right before my birthday. Brandon Morrow is rested on Friday and Saturday, but he's fine. You can start Brandon Morrow. And you Darvish may not be back before the All-Star break. Uh, Joe Madden said, I don't know if Darvish will return before the break. I'm going to give you three pitchers. They were bad this weekend. They've been bad most of the year, or mu- for so- much of the year. Are they buy-low candidates? So buy-low or heck no. Zach Godley, Heath. Zach Godley... Threw five and two thirds and gave up two runs at Coors Field and struck out eight. This is I know. As good as, he, as good as he's been in like three weeks. I know, but his previous start, he gave up seven runs and three and a third. Okay, so he was not not all guys that were bad this weekend. This week he uh, was bad earlier in the week. Okay, yeah, I would still <laughs> be buying low on Zach Godley. It would have probably been better to do it before this most recent start, but yes, I mean he's not back in the circle of trust, but. Like 19 swinging strikes is the most since the second start of the season, and 10 came on the curveball, which is his make-or-break pitch. And you wouldn't expect it at Coors Field. Yeah. So definitely encouraging. I'm going to start him against the Mets. I mean, they they really cannot score. He's got the Mets this week. That's the Mets right now. One of the best matchups in baseball. Uh, Luis Castillo, 82% owned. Buy low or heck no on Castillo. Buy low. Buy low. Elite right. swing and miss pitcher. In fact, I think he's in the top five in baseball references measurement of swinging strikes behind, you know, the super elite guys like DeGrom and um, Sale. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's been – he's still has tons of upside. Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I've been watching him the last two or three times out. This guy's just he, – he's bringing a knife to a gunfight right now. I don't know what the hell is going on. Looks terrible. And he gave up a lot of singles yesterday. But he gave up 13 hits. Uh, by lower heck no on Dallas Keuchel. Really weird pitcher that doesn't strike anybody out having bad, batted ball luck. Um, by low. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned about him because the swinging strike rate is among the worst of his career and the ground ball rate is also among the worst of his career. But it's still a by low. Just he's outside the circle of trust, but he's by low. So rank Godley, Castillo, and Keuchel in points of roto. <laughs> Half PPR. Keuchel, Castillo, Godley. Yeah, I might go Keuchel, Godley, Castillo. Alrighty. Sell high or no thanks, guy. Uh, John Lester. Sell high. Technically, I don't have a problem holding on to him. Okay, I mean, he keeps proving us wrong, but the peripherals are not good. But he's got a 222 ERA. The peripherals are not great. Uh, Jake Arrieta, did we, miss, did we miss our chance to, to sell We're... high on Jake Arrieta? I don't think we missed our chance. But, yeah, these last two, they appear to be some amount of correction going on. But, I mean, he still has a 297 ERA. He's still Jake Arietta. He, he looks a lot like right-handed John Lester. I think he's wor- I think his peripherals are worse than Lester's. I mean, the, I don't the know. strikeout like, rate is much his worse. His swing strikes are worse. His Like his FIP, XFIP, Sierra, all those things are better. Well, it's interesting because Arietta has thrown uh, seven and a third fewer innings than John Lester, and he has 18 fewer strikeouts. Uh, so he's really not not striking. Yeah, the K for nine's 
among the worst among qualifying pitchers, as is the swinging strike rate. John Lester's are down by his standards, but they're not in a different stratosphere like Arietta. And Lester has 35 strikeouts and 38 and two-thirds over his last six starts, during which he's got a 163 ERA. Um, would you rather have any of the three that I mentioned before, Godley, Castillo, and Keiko, ahead of John Lester? I... No, no. I mean, I I think Castillo and Godley have, and I think all three have more upside than Lester. If things, like if if Godley's, if this was Godley turning on a dime, and these other two, Castillo and Keuchel, have a similar moment, like they could surge ahead of Lester very quickly. But as things stand right now, Lester's the one I want the most. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna say I want all three. I wouldn't Ooh. trade Lester straight up for any of those three pitchers because you don't have to. But if I had Lester, I would happily trade him for one of those guys and just a little bit extra. All right, I'm going to run through some quick notes here. Cody Bellinger stole two bases and homered on Friday, so he continues to hit well. And he's got four steals now, and that's an underrated thing for Bellinger. He had ten last year. He's got four, so he's you know at least he'll help you a little bit in steals for Bellinger. There are two hitters who are owned in less than 20% of leagues. And I think that, well, one of them is getting the playing time right now, and one of them I think has a chance for more playing time. Alan Hansen is just better than Joe Panic, in my opinion. Uh, he's 17% owned. And Jesse Winker is 18% owned. He's starting to come alive a little bit. Winker is batting 355 with two home runs, five walks, six strikeouts, and a double in June. So, look, I, I mean, it's deep league stuff, I'm assuming. They're both, like I said, 17 18% owned. But Alan Hansen, Jesse Winker... Am I am I right to be a little excited about them? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really that excited about either because I I I can't imagine the Giants just benching Panic. He's been good enough to keep starting, and he's obviously a big part of their nucleus there. Um, and I mean, we're basing a lot on what 60, 70 at bats from Hanson. Well, I'm, ba- I'm really for... basing it on on Joe Panic. I mean, he's just not okay. a good hitter. I mean, he gets on base. He yeah. makes a lot of contact. And it doesn't get to other fielders. He's, like, he's the kind of player the Giants like. Well, they should have. I, I'm with you on Jesse Winker, Adam. I really think the Reds should just be playing Winker and Shebler every single day and figure out Adam Duvall and Billy Hamilton based on some algorithm. But mm-hmm. Winker has had some pretty bad batted ball luck from what I can tell he's hitting the crap out of the ball it's incredible that he only has three home runs but that power has started to show up lately walking a ton not striking out at all hard contact young I like him okay so um Delano de Shields is bat- batting second lately Michael Franco has sat four games in a row for JP Crawford and he's been bad so I'm, I'm about to drop Michael Franco in a pretty deep lead uh, Max Stassi started Saturday and Sunday. Brian McCann came off the DL. We'll see how that uh, plays out. But McCann came off the DL, started Friday, then Stassi started Saturday and Sunday. Jock Peterson sat against a lefty. And Adam Eaton started and led off and scored twice on Saturday with Michael Taylor sitting. And then Eaton did get replaced late in the game for Brian Goodwin. And then Eaton sat on Sunday, which wasn't a huge, huge surprise as they ease him back. Well, 48 minutes into the show, and... Um, you know, about half the show's still remaining in terms of notes. So obviously, we're not going to get to everything. Um, I'll, I'll save some stuff for tomorrow, which is not a problem. So let's talk about more fringy starting pitchers. Guys to add. Part one. 65 to 79% owned. Vince Velasquez was terrible. Ten earned runs in three and two thirds against Milwaukee. Michael Fulmer was great. He is a yo-yo Michael Fulmer. Kevin Gosman was good at Toronto. Now, I, re- I recall saying, oh, he gave up nine hits. He's given up a lot of hits this year, by the way, Gosman. He has a 140 whip. Um, I remember looking at his schedule and being like, oh boy, he's about to get the Yankees and then, then the Blue Jays, then the Red Sox. Well, he's not getting the Red Sox. He's getting the Marlins this week. So don't, don't drop Gosman just yet. He gets the Marlins this week. Uh, Felix Hernandez was bad. Caleb Smith was pretty good, although they never really let him go six innings or certainly not more. So Velasquez, Fulmer, Gosman, Felix Hernandez, Caleb Smith. Top three, Scott. My top three are 
Vince Velasquez, Caleb Smith, and Kevin Gosman. Are any of them must-own, in your opinion? They all need to be more owned than they are. The, the highest owned of those three was Velasquez at 78%. Uh, they should be over 80. All right, Gos, uh, Velasquez, Gosman, and Caleb Smith. Heath, let's look at part two of fringy starting pitchers. 50 to 64% owned. Do you see anyone here that needs to be owned in a lot of leagues? Other than Carlos Rodon, I'll remove him because he's the winner. Yeah, there were two of these guys I put in the waiver wire. Danny Duffy, I've been a little skeptical when he had two good starts in a row because he was not getting any strikeouts or swinging strikes. 18 swinging strikes in this start, struck out 10 athletics. He's giving you innings. I would much, I would still rather have Rodon, especially in a Roto League. But Duffy should be higher than 62% owned. I would rather have Duffy than a few of the guys on the list we just you just mentioned. Definitely over Felix and Fulmer. And Duffy, you know, I don't think you want to start him this week against Houston. So that's the only issue there. Yep. But you know, maybe maybe he'll pay off down the road. All right. So the, the, it was Fernando Romero, Danny Duffy, and Ronaldo Lopez. Um, would you rather have Duffy or Fernando Romero? Uh, I'd rather I have Romero. They're right in the same range. Um, I'd probably rather have Romero. All right, Fringy starting pitchers part three. You got a big group here. I'll give part one to Scott, part two to Heath. These guys are 30 to 49% owned. We got Steven Matz, Kyle Gibson, another good start for him. Frankie Montas, Yolish Shasin, Ivan Nova, and Lance Lynn. Matz, Gibson, Montas, Shasin, Nova, Lynn. Top three. Who do I want the most? I want... Kyle Gibson, followed by Lance Lynn, followed by Frankie Montas. I did add Lance Lynn, and then I dropped him for Hector Rondon. Just a need thing. But, mm-hmm. um, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I mean, surprised. He's, been, he's a quality star machine when he's going right, and that's he seems to be back on track now. Like, I'm not saying he's must start, but he's... He's good enough at a frustrating position. Like I feel like he's reliable enough to own. One more thing about Lynn. He's got 21 strikeouts in his last 24 and two-thirds. All four of those starts in his last four starts, 21 strikeouts and 24 and two-thirds. Uh, all four of them are against teams that are in the top 11 in fewest strikeouts per game. In other words, they don't strike out. Three of those four games were against teams that are in the top five in fewest strikeouts per game. So three of the of the four best teams, you know, in strikeout rate. So you look at the low strikeout totals lately, matchups had something to do with that. Uh, Heath, part two of Fringy Starting Pitchers, part three. So this is Fringy Starting Pitchers, part 3.2. Chad Cool, Clayton Richard, Domingo Herman, Marco Estrada, Jose Arena. Chad Cool, Clayton Richard, Herman, Estrada, Arena. For the most part, this group kind of falls into who are they facing this week? Uh, Herman is the one that I would probably be most interested in having in my roster. He's got a pretty good matchup against the Rays this week. He's FARP eligible. He's just 32% owned. That seems a little bit low. I don't think it's a terrible idea to stream Jose Urania at Baltimore this week. And in deep leagues, owned in less than 30% of leagues, we have some more RP eligible players like Mike Montgomery and Brad Keller and Seth Lugo. Um, we also have Zach Eflin, Mike Miner, who's RP eligible, Dylan Covey, DeSclafani, Mike Fires, Anibal Sanchez, Andrew Suarez, Chris Bassett. Suarez has a homecoming game against the Marlins this week, so keep an eye on that if you're, you want a sneaky, sneaky play. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't necessarily believe. Yes, you know what? I think Andrew Suarez is going to pitch well at the Marlins this week. But anyway, he's not the guy I'd want on this list. I'm not going to read the list again. Tell the owners that are desperate for a pitcher, who they could look for in super deep leagues. Miner's way too underowned at 23% because of his SPARP eligibility. A home game against Colorado is not a bad place to use him. I was impressed with Seth Lugo, and he has oh, yeah. taken some of the things that he was doing in the bullpen, having success in the starting rotation. I don't know how long he stays there, but at Arizona this week, not a bad option. I, I don't know. I put that in the notes. I don't know that he's going to make that start. And that's actually, like Lugo, would I would have added him. As a spark for sure, but Syndergaard could be back this week and Lugo could, could go back to the bullpen. But he has actually looked very good and his curveball looked really good last night. So it's risky. He has a good curveball. He has, but yeah, I mean, as soon as Syndergaard comes back, right? And we don't know exactly what the timetable is there. I mean, they could then... move Jason Vargas to the bullpen, I guess. 
I don't think they would. I don't think so either. Syndergaard could pitch this week. You know, they that's their hope. But, you know, that's that's the caution flag to throw up with Seth Lugo. I, I don't love the matchup this week, but again, if we're just if we're talking the spark angle again, especially if it sounds like Darvish isn't on the verge of returning, I think Mike Montgomery's pretty good. Like I all matchups being equal, I I think I'd prefer him to minor at this point. He's another guy I could put in, is he good, Mike Montgomery? Because he wasn't good last year as a Sparp. And he has 25 strikeouts in 43 innings this year. That's not good. But you're, but yeah, you're desperate at this point. I'm just talking about yeah. from a Sparp perspective. And obviously, good supporting cast. Um, I think he's, like, I think he's definitely usable in that role. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, we're talking deep leagues, so. Uh, Alright, let's read some emails. If we have time, we'll take a look at today's matchups. But Nick says, hey, real quick, top two out of this group. Ian Desmond, Kevin Pillar, Leonis Martin, Josh Harrison, Eric Thames. Desmond, Pillar, Martin, Harrison, Thames. Pick two. I mean, Harris- I guess Thames is the most ownable, but I don't want to start him right now. Harrison and Desmond. Uh, I was going to go Martin and Pillar. It sounds like... You're gonna have to go with your gut, Nick. I was gonna say Martina and Thames. Like how, I mean, come on, these guys, Thames is so much better. So much more ownable. If, if, there's playing time. And I I think there's almost no chance he plays against lefties now. At least for the short term. Yeah, it's true. Alright, from Antoine. Two part question. Are Justin Turner, it's really a one part question. Are Justin Turner or Corey Knable droppable? And would you drop them for Muncie, Carlos Gonzalez, Brandon Crawford, Blake Parker, or Stephen Wright? Nope. Yeah, if that's who you have to choose from, then I would say they're not droppable. So you don't think that you would drop Knable for for Blake Parker? No, I would not. Okay. John from Boston. Should I drop Ian Happ for Scott Kingery? No. Uh, Kingery's going to play more. Neither has played well. I I don't think you're missing out on much either way. So I would probably make the move just for playing time, but it doesn't hurt my feelings if you don't. From Zach, dear Alex, Brendan, and Dansby. Those are shortstops. That were they like Stop. number one, number one picks or something? I don't know. First round. Well, picks? Alex and Dansby. Wait, which Alex are we talking Bregman? about? Bregman. Yeah, Dansby went one in that draft. Bregman went two. I don't know. I don't know what Brendan this is. Brendan Rogers, I would assume. That's not his name, though. Oh, it's not. It's Brandon Rogers. Oh. No, it is Brendan. Rogers. Yeah, it's I'm Brendan. Sorry. Okay, you're probably right. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Twelve team roto league. Uh, I my fifth outfielder utility spot has been terrible. Please pick two rest of season. Jay Bruce. Michael Conforto, Beltre, Matt Chapman, Greg Bird, Teoscar Hernandez. I would pick Bruce and Bird. Bruce and Bird. Bruce yeah. and Bird. With yeah. Conviction. Yeah, I was going to say Beltre and Teoscar. I, I think we need to talk more about Teoscar Hernandez uh, on tomorrow's show. It's been pretty solid. And Jay in Brooklyn says, Dear Raleigh, Goose, and Eck. A's closers? Mustached closers. No, uh, yeah, and A's closers. Right? Do they all have mustaches? Did Goose pitch for the A's? Yeah, I'm not I sure think he did. he did. I'll look it up. Here's the question. They're all Hall of Fame relievers. They are. Chris, Chris Taylor, who's shortstop eligible in Jay's league. Brandon Crawford, Jung Ho Gong. How would you rank them? I would rank them. But Taylor's I'm sorry, what were the three? Yeah, Taylor's shortstop eligible. Taylor, Crawford, Gong. Okay. That's how I'd rank them. Taylor, Crawford, Gong. I will say the same ranking, but if Gong actually returns, I'm going to be pretty excited about it. I've had I've added him speculatively in a couple leagues. And by the way, Gossage did pitch for the A's, but it was very late in his career, 1992 and 1993 at age 40 and 41. I'll see if there's any questionable matchups today on this Monday. Stephen Wright at Dylan Bundy. 
I would start just neither of them. <laughs> I don't think I'd start Bundy against the Rangers. I think I'd start Bundy. Well lately. Uh, yeah, without bets, it does help. Uh, Gavilio, All right, you talk me into it. Yeah, you talk me into it. I Let's think he gave it. up four runs at Fenway last time. Uh, Gavilio uh, at Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, I don't really want to start either. I'm starting Yarbrough. Like if it was if when you're factoring in the two starts for Yarbrough, he's startable. But when you're taking it one at a time, I'd rather not. Madison Bumgarner, yes. Way in Chen, no. Jose Quintana, yes. How about Junior Guerra against the Cubs? Nope. Nope. Carlos Carrasco, yes. Lucas Giolito, no. Jordan Lyles at Jack Flaherty. I would start Flaherty, and I don't think I'd start Lyles. I don't think I would either. Joe Musgrove at Patrick Corbin. Start him. Yeah, let's start both. Andrew Heaney at Wade LeBlanc. Fine with Heaney. Let's start with Heaney. Uh, but not LeBlanc. No. All Just right. Short slate tonight. We'll talk about it on the Sportsline DFS podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you Tuesday.